I'm Paul Higgins, an ex-corporate executive turned business owner who for five years struggled to grow a cloud consulting business whilst battling a chronic disease. With the help of mentors and experts, I got the business model right, built a sales and marketing engine and developed a high-performing team that ended in a successful exit. I received a kidney transplant from a mate and now on my second life, I dedicate my time to helping other cloud consultants scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life. Detecting an accent, I'm an Aussie working globally from Melbourne, Australia. I interview successful cloud consultants sharing their scaling stories to give you inspiration and practical tips. I have dedicated experts Four cloud consultants on the show to save you time and money by working with the right people. If you want to scale quickly with less effort to enjoy life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins. Welcome to the Cloud Consultants Show, episode number 492. Today's topic is managed services for Salesforce partners, but there's benefit if you're not one. And you're going to learn really three key things. One is a hidden gem of a country that you can source great talent from. The second is how it works to work with this company to tap into that talent. And the third thing is uh, three areas that they cover, which is uh, admin, uh, the app exchange, and also reporting, which I think is a huge benefit to tap into this service if you're a Salesforce partner. If it's your first time, welcome. And if you love what you hear, please subscribe. It's for cloud consultants. So if you consult and implement a SaaS platform, you're in the right place. And if you're a regular, thanks for always listening. But let me know that you listen because uh, it gets lonely here. So let me know. You can just email me at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. You can also recommend a guest. It could be you, someone else, or also uh, a topic that you'd love me to cover in my solos. Uh, a summary will be in the app that you listen to and you get a full transcript at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And before we go into the interview with Alex, I'd like to thank our sponsors. The first is the Cloud Consultants Collective. And Alex mentions the power of peers. And this is a peer group. And it is uh, where you can go and get your questions answered quicker and more accurate than YouTube, Google, and yes, these days, chat GDP or whatever AI that you're using. And uh, it's completely free. Why not you try it out for yourself at cloudconsultantscollective.com. And the next is Workflow Academy. Uh, are your top performers feeling overwhelmed with their workload? Well, we have an innovative solution to help. We've partnered with Workflow Academy to provide you highly trained junior talent based in the US uh, to support your top talent so that they stay on track. To learn more about this game-changing solution, just go to Paul Higgins Mentoring com forward slash WFA today. Our guest is Alex and he's CEO and co-founder of Anubay Solutions. He is a native uh, Californian, but over a decade of consulting experience on innovation and cloud technology systems, working with the best companies in the world. Alex currently serves as an advisor in the Salesforce app partner exchange. He's a fantastic guy. And what we're going to do now is hand you over to Alex Garcia from Anubay Solutions. Great to have you here, Alex. Glad to be here. Thanks so much, Paul. Yeah, well, you know, we we met and because one of the key reasons I sought you out is because of your staff augmentation and also your reporting and also the fact that you've got talent in, in Ecuador. And we'll cover those points in a moment, but why don't we kick off with uh, who your ideal client is and what problems you love to solve for them? Absolutely. So our ideal clients are really technology startups that are rapidly scaling and require the need to be able to rapidly bring on technical and certified resources. These are 
highly skilled resources uh, that need to be deployed to in order to sustain the growth, especially in business critical systems like Salesforce. And we help those companies really in their road uh, to unicorndom and beyond, um, as, as we some of our clients have in that space have stuck around even past uh, public offering. And so, you know, we really consider ourselves to be very tactfully agile for those companies and uh, offer a mix of different ways to work with our resources. Right. And, and the key thing for them is just keeping up with the growth of their business and not being able to match that with the talent. Yes, it's one of the main problems that we resolve, and especially in uh, the Salesforce ecosystem where talent becomes uh, scarce and hard to find with varying uh, global solutions available. Uh, we uh, have been in the ecosystem for uh, many years now uh, working with uh, talent and have created an awesome team of individuals who our customers can trust, uh, can ramp up in the first week and start to add value almost immediately. Right, great. And I suppose in that means you've got both the the end company, which is like a high-tech business. Do you also work with Salesforce partners directly as well? And that's the thing, right? A lot of Salesforce partners are technology companies. And then, you know, we would consider ourselves also a services technology company. You know, we're a technology-enabled company that um, has a focus on deploying the best systems in order to reap all of the efficiency gains from technology. A lot of the times those customers in, in the ecosystem will have, especially for ISV partners, right, will have their own technology on the app exchange and um, with other partners as well, especially, you know, other other consulting firms or staffing firms, you know, will be technology centric in, in their approach also. So, you know, it's a very broad brush uh, to paint a lot of the nuances that we have well, between our customers. Um, but in large part, it is, um, you know, to hand helping uh, with uh, those recurring revenue models where our customers tend to to seek us out from an ideal perspective. Technology and, you know, recurring services tends to be a need we resolve well. Yeah, great. Well, I've said on the in the intro that you're on the advisory board for the App Exchange because I've heard that said many a times, but tell us what that really means. Yeah, so Salesforce brings in partners uh, that are in the ecosystem leading specific realms of know-how, right? Anube has been very active both helping others launch their uh, own services on the App Exchange as well as uh, launching it and piloting our own applications also. And so um, I was able and I had the privilege to join the App Exchange advisory board um, as they helped discuss kind of how they made the program. And that was their partner program. I think is one of the companies that, that does an awesome job at their partners program, listening to their partners and gathering feedback as to how to attract more partners and, and how to make the ecosystem work for everyone. Fantastic. And, and how active are you in, in that? Like how often do you meet? What what's How does that sort of work? Yeah, so my tenure for that App Exchange Advisory Board is over this year. So we met about um, once a quarter with those feedback sessions. It was also really a way for us to both provide feedback to Salesforce, but become aware of the new opportunities that Salesforce created in their partners programs, as well as the changes to Partner Navigator and the Partner Health Scoring that uh, Salesforce does. And, and as a small company, it was very valuable to learn how to navigate what is the App Exchange and how to work within the App Exchange to help our partnership and help our business grow. That was really another point of the opportunity to work with Salesforce in the advisory role was to also learn from 
the others in those roles because they're you know I was really the freshman in uh, those boards and you know, we had people from the largest consulting or ISV partners in those uh, boards and you know got to learn from how they found their success within the Salesforce ecosystem as well. Right. And, and I know that you provide that app development side. In a moment, we're going to talk about the reporting side, which you do with Tableau and helping partners with uh, improving their reporting. Do you also just do standard services to Salesforce partners as well? So we're a subject matter expert shop. I think a lot of people would call us a boutique shop where we have highly specialized resources. And over the last uh, three years, we saw the writing on the wall in terms of the need for having specialized data resources for projects. You know, we had our consultants or senior consultants, myself included, on projects and do you know, many uh, late night data load for business minded admins uh, to have to do. And, and we, we found in trying to find the best way to deliver for our customers, we found that that's where we were falling short. And we began to develop uh, the practice internally, which was the data and architecture practice, which we are now happy to say that is a full stack practice that um, has resources from you know the server level all the way up to the visualization level within Tableau. And then you have done data science as well, you know, whether it is building carbon capture models or utilizing Einstein Prediction Builder to help our customers determine their customer satisfaction or their propensity to upsell or cross-sell into those customers. Those have been really good examples of use cases we've been able to expand within that data practice once we got really good at doing data within Salesforce. And so on that thread, a lot of partners within the ecosystem have approached us and asked us for resources as well. So we do work in staff augmentation for those in the partners also in the ecosystem from South America. And we help find that and support the resources locally for those partners. And those partners um, will work with those individuals through the, the contract. Brilliant, brilliant. And and you mentioned South America, and I know that I've, I've said Ecuador. So tell us a little bit about why Ecuador, why provide uh, teams, and I'm assuming you've got clients in the US, why provide teams out of uh, Ecuador? Multiple reasons, and in, in really the primary one being my wife is Ecuadorian, uh, and helps. so it was easy <laughs> to have a soft landing there. We landed where we had a lot of good recommendations, and we were able to stay with family and get to know the country from a firsthand perspective. And so in large part, that, that was one of the driving factors, and I'm, I'm Guatemalan, and, and so I was born in Guatemala, and, and there's a lot of services uh, also outside of Guatemala, a couple of different uh, reasons that were economic-based reasons as well from international business perspective, right? Ecuador had become dollarized in 1999. And so there really wouldn't be any issues with foreign currency exchange as part of our accounting or part of our billable hours uh, projections. And so that I wanted to ensure that we were a small company. We were, we're a small multinational, which I mean, small business that has multinational presence, right? We did that under, with under 50 people. As a matter of fact, we about 20 people historically, and we were able to accomplish that within our amazing operations team. But really, Ecuador was dollarized. And from a human capital perspective, the universities had invested and continued to invest in creating STEM resources and STEM talent, but it had done so only over a period of a few decades or a couple of decades before we entered. And so kind of understanding the, when I got the opportunity to do so, uh, studying economics in the university, right, understanding 
global patterns for human capital development, especially when analyzing GDP. I saw the patterns of what was transpiring. And all of that in America really uh, is now in, in what I would call really that, that rapidly technology uh, adopting phase of development and technology is being deployed and implemented in Latin America in a faster rate than most other places in the world. And the population adopts technology at a faster rate than most other places in the world, most other developing places. And so, you know, looking at the economic indicators as well. And then the last part being, you know, we're in California. And so working with teams uh, in Europe or India or Asia was stressful and strenuous to our team's quality and, and balance of life only because of the extremity of the time zones. I think that, you know, you were able to do a lot of wonderful things by having a full 24-hour development cycle. And if you ever want to accelerate projects, it is incredibly intelligent to work with an international team and divvy up the work so that you can work on a 24-hour development cycle. That being said, most of the projects that we were working and seeing don't require that level of engagement or acceleration. And so... You know, we found that you know, we wanted to find resources that we could work on when we were working. And that was also uh, the what prompted me to take the view towards uh, South America and Latin America in general. Yeah, great, great. And as far as the talents, tell us how, you know, are they coming in from a university qualified? Are they, you know, coming from a lower education? You know, are you upskilling them? Just t- tell us a little bit about the way that you train and get people ready to work. Yeah, absolutely. So, so when we entered the country, we were the first Salesforce partner in the country. There wasn't a Salesforce partner that existed in the country. And what we did, we realized is that we could probably find analog or, or uh, adjacent capabilities, right? Developers that were already doing web development that understood APIs that could work within business systems that were cloud enabled. There was a lot of people who knew Azure, right? And and you know worked within the Microsoft ecosystem. And so it was about upskilling people into the Salesforce ecosystem. And we did so by hosting a number of free coursework in Spanish. And you know, we uh, we were early, so we had to translate a lot of the coursework, especially some of the more advanced stuff that we were teaching for our resources. But we also looked for people who spoke English. And so it wasn't too much work that we needed to do because Salesforce has uh, a plethora of resources online available and not just Salesforce itself, but the ecosystem. Yes. And so we work towards um, how helping our team achieve those certifications to allow them to join projects as certified resources and follow the path, uh, the trailhead path that Salesforce has that uh, so graciously helped us realize. And, and, you know, it was about taking something, taking a model and applying the model uh, to real life and helping those individuals with a job in order so that they can have the opportunity to upskill themselves. Okay, fantastic. And as far as English proficiency, like how how does it rate versus some of the other countries uh, in South America? Everyone has to take English in in, uh, college or a foreign language, right? I think it's a requirement for a number of different countries, uh, much like it is a requirement here uh, for your basic studies. And so that's one of the things is we would find sometimes some of our resources were fresh out of university. And so what we also found was that a lot of people do like summer abroad. And so there's programs that allow people, especially college students to come for their summers and do some work study in the United States. We found that that there was a lot of individuals in the country who had a proficient enough level of English to at least join the conversations and begin to 
learn what would be business and Salesforce English, learn technical English and, and blow up rather quickly. Fantastic. And the next thing is around how an opportunity works. So just take us through, especially let's say there's a reporting opportunity that a, a Salesforce partner's got. How, how does the typical engagement work with you and them? Yeah, well, it's great to work with partners because a lot of the times they know what they want. And so, uh, you know, having a list of requirements or a partner that is already on the ground and, you know, has the requirements and is able to have a soft landing helps kind of accelerate our placing of the resources. Generally, they reach out to us either via our website or through our, our email addresses directly, depending on, on uh, who it is. And we then work with them to find the right talent for their need. So understanding technically what it is that they want, they'll either speak to myself or one of our technical account executives. And at which point then we'll validate the skill set needed and provide that individual with uh, three re resumes for them to consider as part of uh, the engagement. They will then have the opportunity to interview those individuals and give us feedback and be able to make their selection. Or if they're not happy with any of the individuals, we can always find additional uh, resources as well. Depending on the type of engagement it is, uh, we would, before having the interviews, either sign just an agreement to conduct and, and begin the search on their behalf. Or if it's someone that we can staff from that, you know, first contact all the way and the person is working. Right. And and how long is a typical from when they first speak to you to when they're actually engaged? How long does that normally take? How quick the need is, I would say on average, our sales cycles tend to be about three to six months. But if it's something that we need and an, a requirement immediately and we have people available, it could be as fast as a week. So it really depends on how fast the customer is willing to move because, you know, sales can move rather quickly, but procurements where all the SOWs go to die. So we, uh, you know, make the promise that we can move as fast as our customers can move to find them the resources that they need. Right. And and is it uh, full-time only or is there a part-time option as well? Yeah. So that's the awesome thing about what we can offer. So with some specific skill sets, especially with data or with technical resources, we are able to do managed services. So if we have a skill sets in-house and we generally tend to, from those two perspectives, we can do managed services contracts. They tend to be higher in rate because there's less of a commitment. And the benefit of that is that you don't just get the one resource with the managed services contract, you get all the resources of part of that practice. And so, for example, if it's the Salesforce practice that you have managed resources with, you have access to an architect, a developer, and a business analyst. If it's the data practice, you would have access to the data architect or a data analyst uh, as part of that engagement. And someone to do the day-to-day -day from the data analyst's perspective, right? You know, they would generally be the person to do the day-to-day. -day. It's something more technical or complicated. They would engage more technical resources as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, look, um, you know, I think it's a great option to look at. I know that, you know, there's a lot of partners from a time zone perspective, that find, you know, India is is where a lot of resources are. And we've got some good partners in India, but I think it's great to have a resource on a similar time zone and in a country that is, you know, uh, I think is is sort of it's it's a little gem, I suppose, that escapes escapes a lot of the discussions in the Salesforce ecosystem. I think it's brilliant that with Jenny, your wife, her background that you guys have been able to provide this to partners. So I think it's a, it's a brilliant offer. So what we'll do now is go into the rapid fire. So I'm going to ask you four questions and then get rapid responses. Are you ready for that, Alex? Yes. 
Let's do this. So the first one is for you, what are some of the daily habits that you do to help scale and innovate? The Scrum is probably one of the strongest salutes tools that has uh, made its way into agile management as a methodology. But really, it's the opportunity to get a pulse on the business um, that is necessary. And so having scrums with specialized teams, I know people don't want more meetings on their calendar, but from a leadership perspective, it is of utmost importance, uh, in my opinion, and how I like to lead is being there for my team. Um, and it, those uh, issues tend to surface faster, the more you have the opportunity to communicate with your team. I think that there's no way around that. Right. And I think just the connection might have just dropped. Can you just say what that platform is again? Oh, it's a, yeah, sorry, the uh, Agile Project Management. So the Scrum methodology, right? Okay, brilliant. Well, the next one is... For you, you talked about the app advisory board where you've learned more, but where else do you go to learn more about scaling a new bait? I've taken a number of certification programs as well from executive leadership, as well as a work with mentors uh, that are part of executive organizations that are uh, work aimed at technology executives. And so I think it's also incredibly important for your network as well as you work with advisors and learn from others in uh, like mind chairs or learning groups as well. Those are all just incredible resources uh, where I always come out of it with a new book or uh, another resource to just uh, dive deeper into some of the the problems and issues that occur from when scaling an organization. Yeah, fantastic. And the next one is, so if I could grant you one wish for a new bay, what would that be? Continued success. We want to continue uh, this path that we're on today. And we're incredibly grateful for the opportunity to really be the change that we want to see in the world. This, you know, says say that I could just walk out of my door one day and, and start a multinational uh, business, creating jobs in, you know, our home countries is really, when I say it, it doesn't, it seems surreal. And so, you know, I just uh, wish that we, you know, we can continue to grow and see the success and work with amazing companies that uh, we have done so in the past uh, to keep creating opportunities and benefit everybody. Right. And last question is, what do you know now that you wish you had have known earlier? As a young man, patience is always, I think, I guess I'm going to speak for myself. Patience was always not my strongest suit. And as I've grown and mature, I've come to realize that everything comes with its own time. The important thing is not getting to the result faster, but being present for the journey. And I think that's one of the things I've just learned uh, as well as it, um, you know, everything comes in its own time and timing is outside of your control, but now outside of your comprehension. Fantastic. Well, look, it's been brilliant having you on, Alex. So it's anube.solutions, and I'll just spell that. You might be walking, et cetera, but if you're not, you want to write it down. It's E-N-N-U-B-E. That's how you spell Anube, and it's uh, solutions. We'll have all the links in the show notes so that you can go and uh, tap into Alex's team and uh, the brilliance of his team. So Alex, uh, wonderful having you on today and uh, thanks for sharing your wisdom. Paul, it's been a pleasure and appreciate the opportunity to come on and speak about what we're doing and I look forward to continuing uh, working with you and, and I wish you the best success in your podcast. Let me know if there's anything I can ever do to repay the favor. Brilliant. Great. Thanks a lot, Alex. That was a great interview with uh, Alex. Now, the internet was a little choppy, so I hope you got the most out of this episode. Uh, let me know if it wasn't up to the standard that you're used to. Uh, certainly let me know at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com, but we tried uh, the best. 
Uh, Alex is such a personable guy, but he's also a very smart and intelligent guy. Small team, very nimble, but they're fantastic. I highly recommend you check them out. And uh, if you've got value out of this, why don't you mention Alex on LinkedIn? Why don't you share it with your peers? So you may know someone that's looking for either managed services or augmented staff solutions at the moment, or after that great reporting solution, uh, please share this with them. Also check out our solo shows. And if you want to know more about scaling your cloud consulting business, and have a bit of a benchmark of what success is, go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint to get your free blueprint copy today and take action now to make your ambitions a reality. Learning is just one piece of the puzzle. It is now time for action. Head to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. Get the links and put it into action. Head to your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Suggest topics for me to cover at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. And don't wait one more minute to gain access to content, especially for you, a cloud consultant, at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash newsletter. This could be the difference between wasting time figuring it out yourself or scaling quickly with less effort to enjoy life.